It's true. Some of you may have listened to my brief segments in the one episode that had to do with music compilations and the interesting genres that had to do with how some musicians, though classically trained in one genre, do then begin singing in other musical genres and because of the fact that they are classically or uh, specifically trained in certain types of music they have the ability to morph their singing into different types of styles but the reason I didn't finish that particular episode and so you were a quite unique audience if you heard that particular segment is the following. People didn't want to hear all the details of that in this particular instance because right now the world wants to hear more about the goings on in the world as to what is happening. There's so much occurring on a daily basis. Yes, there always is. There always has been. It's just the nature of existence. However, because of the uh, 24-hour and even less than sometimes news cycle, people really are more concerned about what is happening with the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan and the then reversal of their two of sending troops right back into Afghanistan in order to help in the allowing for people to be repatriated to their particular countries of origin, if they so choose. And so it really has been taking a lot of the news cycle recently, and for very important reasons. Because the military engagement in Afghanistan has been occurring for over 20 years. And if you weren't aware of that, you are now. And there are a lot of people asking, why all of a sudden is this on the news? And why all of a sudden are people being removed from a country where they may have lived for many years? Well, to be clear, people are not being removed if they don't want to leave. But the very nature of what is happening in the country itself, people are wanting to leave. And so people are being notified that if they had wanted to leave, they had the opportunity to within the specific time frame because of the deadline that was given by the new government, which has taken over on its own accord, and given a deadline of August 31st for the United States to leave. In so doing, the troops had begun to leave. 3,000 troops were quickly sent back to Afghanistan to help in the repatriation process. And in so doing, this is an essential process. And so the question, which has come up over and over again from reporters and uh, people who are fully aware of what is occurring in the area and people who are becoming more and more aware of what is occurring or what has been occurring, is the following question as to why were the troops removed so quickly and why was there a gap left of personnel that would have been able to sustain the area 
from a security standpoint so that the Taliban would not have been able to take over the Afghanistan. government so quickly. And so one has to question that, yes, absolutely. But one has to also understand that even though the United States was in Afghanistan for 20 years, there was a lot of diplomatic work that occurred, there was a lot of military work that occurred, and the understanding that any time a country has gone into another country, though there are understandings and arrangements that are made, in the end, when someone decides that it is time to leave, a lot of changes do occur, a lot of changes that are unexpected. And though one might plan and plan and plan ahead as to what might take place at the very end in terms of a procedure, that may be in place, sometimes things occur that are not expected to have occurred. And such is why for the people that are being so critical of a process that is not occurring the way many would have expected, it is often the people who are not fully aware of the process itself as it had been occurring throughout the 20 years or within the most recent administration or the most recent three administrations, that there's a lack of awareness or a lack of understanding as to how the processes could have changed. Having said that, there has been, there have been, I should say, a great deal of people evacuated that have been wanting to evacuate. And to date, as of yesterday, in reporting, according to CBSN's updates, 80,000 people had been evacuated from Afghanistan, and that is the largest evacuation in U.S. history. Not that they are trying to compare or be the largest evacuation ever in history, but it's just the way that the situation is. And one might question, why are people leaving a country that they live in? One reporter did ask, why have the lessons not been learned from what happened in Vietnam and the way that the departures took place in Saigon? And the answer was that, yes, of course, we never have wanted to repeat the histories of then, but unfortunately, we're not always in control of every single detail that can take place and insofar as what has occurred, they do continue to say they are trying to avoid what happened in Saigon during the withdrawal from engagements in Vietnam. But many argue that this is worse. That this is worse and for the reason that the Taliban has taken over and they've taken over full control of all the provinces in Afghanistan and you really have to look at what does it mean to have been there 20 years a 20-year military engagement and military experts they did warn and they do continue to warn the concern 
of the near erasing of progress made all those years. Because as I mentioned before, there had been a great deal of diplomatic and military responsibility placed on many people at the um, United States government level, but also other allies. And so when we're talking about who has been evacuated, it really is an effort to get not only American citizens out, but also people who need to get to their designated countries. So when the experts have been giving updates, they have been reminding people and allies that they really need to continue to work together with each other to make this as expeditious a process but as forthright as they are being with the information they're wanting to work together with everyone so that there is as much awareness about what can be done as possible. And understandably, the fact that there had been so much diplomatic effort and military effort, and unfortunately lives lost, in addition to the expense, the billions of dollars of, of effort that went into trying to affect change and work towards change in developing a formidable democratic self-sustaining system. There are a lot of people questioning and scratching their heads as to what could have gone wrong that could now have resulted in a complete return to something that would revert to an undoing of all those efforts. Regional experts argue that amidst many failures over the years, there have been and there were successes, though often eclipsed by the roar of losses thought to have once been notable as gains. These successes, though, include girls going to school, women serving in government, and the ability for women to drive. Though to the Western mind, these may seem nonsensical expectations of everyday living in countries where educational privileges loom large in a predominantly male-run society. These gains are astronomical in proportion, particularly in a society where women are often required to walk with a male escort for the purpose of their own safety where the liberty of driving is a symbol of accomplishment and self-reliance. So one has to understand that in every country that is different than one's own, there is need to be culturally aware, culturally competent, of what the normalization is of everyday cultural understanding within the culture within one is existing in. And so the fact of the matter is, one has to step aside for a moment from the emotion of having been there for 20 years as a country. If one begins to leave, then what is truly the expectation of leaving something? Did one really expect that one was going to leave behind one's own legacy of who one is, or one expects to have been left behind in one's image of one's legacy? Think about that for a moment. If you walk into a situation, that situation was already there. Of course, you 
change the situation while you are there because of your own expectations and your own experiences of who you are while you are in the new situation. At the moment in which you leave, the situation will begin to change and normalize to a much different sense in that perhaps traditions of before begin to become reminders of what was valued at one moment in time. And though that might not be the expectation of what is the expectation of many, one has to understand that there is cultural context for the particular culture upon which one was living. Such unwinding of decades-long progress is the retracting of liberties from generations. in the sense that when generations grow up expecting to achieve the apex of democratic principles through the self-fulfilling prophecy of fulfillment, the rescinding of those expectations reverses the self-fulfilling prophecy to recalibrate a person's achievement. Expectation to less than their true potential and that which they may have already fulfilled. In other words, Yes, it's true that when you are in a new experience, you change that experience and everyone around you. But what has happened in the sense of what is occurring in Afghanistan, many people are speaking out for the fact that they fear being left in a system that is no longer reflective of many of the liberties that they have grown up with because they have experienced a new normalization of liberties which are valued now to them and are important. And to be without them is going to be of great loss. And they have themselves expressed that. A fear, a concern of what happens next without that. And so it is important, and I point it out because it truly is a dichotomy of what I referred to previously, of the self-fulfilling prophecy. Because you see, the self-fulfilling prophecy is such that it can raise expectations or it can lower them. As it has been proven, if you are inculcated with a strong infrastructure of knowledge that you can achieve, you will achieve. But if you are inculcated that you will not achieve much, you will not achieve much. Yet, to be answered is, why so such a quick withdrawal from Afghanistan? And what was the impetus to remove all who, without a structure left behind, would not be able to help sustain the structure that was now so valued and important. Understandably, there had always been a plan in place as to what would happen if there was a withdrawal from Afghanistan. Every military engagement has a beginning and an end. No war is forever. No military engagement is forever. 
And so where then was the standard operating procedure, if you will, for how to end military engagements? Who read that plan? Who understood it? Did it need to be updated? I'm not being nonsensical. What happened to that strategic plan over the years? But as I mentioned before, anything that is written as a strategic analysis, or as a strategic plan, often has to be adjusted with the situation and circumstances that are currently being faced. Because economics, governmental, social, cultural expectations change over the decades. And leadership reflects a variety of values that sometimes are not the same as the people who originally drew up the plans and the agreements. And therein lies a deep quandary as to how to adjust accordingly while maintaining a strong diplomatic effort so that in the future there continues to be work that will sustain. You see, because the region is still important. Just because the United States will not be there in full military force doesn't mean that there won't be any necessity to communicate. And so how one ends the particular moment of what is occurring now is essential. Notwithstanding what happened recently with the volatility at the airport and having to elevate the security levels and making it even more difficult for people to access gates to get through entrances, etc., etc., as if it weren't difficult enough previously. And now, even more so, as the deadline approaches, people already stressed need to take a deep breath and just think about the moment, for one moment, that it is essential to understand. While there are many people who wonder, what does Afghanistan and the conversation of Afghanistan And why are the people wanting to leave Afghanistan more of a priority than the other immigrants who have already applied for asylum, who have already applied for immigration access, who have already asked for entry into the United States and have been waiting for years a priority? What makes Afghanistan different? And why are the 80,000 people that have been evacuated and allowed to leave a country in such turmoil so much more of a priority than people from other countries who have been exclaiming for years 
that they too have a need to enter the United States, that they too have been persecuted by people, that they too have a fear of returning to their homeland, that whether it's Central America, South America, Latin America, North America, Asia, many countries, who also have people waiting to enter the United States. All curious, why should they recognize the importance and difference and not be indifferent? Well, it's actually an easier answer than one would anticipate. Because in the urgency that everyone is seeing now, one can truly empathize. Immigration is an urgent situation. It always has been. But no one truly has seen it to the scale that it is being noticed now. It has always been urgent. But what we don't realize is we don't give every single person the same equity of voice, the same equity of news time to be able to understand what their need is to arrive at the United States entrance. Now, Lady Liberty, with her hand held toward the sky with the torch and the bright light which emanates a symbol of truth and justice. She awaits, she awaits for all who seek entrance into the country. And the thing is, whether you enter on the East Coast, or you enter on the West Coast, or you enter through the Southern borders, or you enter through the Northern borders, the United States is the same United States for all immigrants, as should be noted. And so the evacuees, as one reporter asked, what is happening? How are they being processed? And finally, the question was asked the other day. How many Customs and Border Patrol agents are involved in this process? And the numbers were broken down in terms of how many. So it is truly an interagency effort to help process. Because of the 7,000 people that had been processed, yes, there was a question. Well, is everyone being processed? And if there are any people being flagged to ensure that no one gets in that isn't supposed to get in, how is that occurring? The answer was, yes, 52 people had been flagged and 52 people were green lighted so that they were allowed to enter accordingly. 
But the fact is, they still have to go through a process that any other person going through immigration would have to go through if they are going through an immigration process. But if they are American citizens, then they are traveling through the American citizen traveling process. Now, of course, in the world of COVID, there are protocols. So, it has been essential to have the depth of understanding which the State Department has had in updating, yes, true, even the military has required and begun to require, as some employers have across the country, the military has begun to require that all military personnel be vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine. And so, with the updates that the State Department gave, they were very clear in the percentages that the various branches had attained of fully vaccinated personnel. And as such, it gave a depth of clarity. I believe not only everyone watching truly needed, but it almost could be understood without being heard that there was a sigh of relief throughout the room and everyone who heard of consistency and process everywhere. There's something to be said about that. There truly is. And so one can truly, whether one wants to question the process of how the withdrawal from Afghanistan is taking place, so be it. If one wants to question whether this immigration process for the people that are considered immigrants within this particular process is sidestepping any other process, there was a lot of clarity. They clearly outlined where the gaps had been for years and how quickly people stepped into place to help relieve those gaps in an effort to not allow a system within our United States internal processes to collapse within itself due to the burden of requests and the effort that could be seen by people moving towards closing those gaps. And by gaps, I mean when there's a process that is not fully functional, but people can see where the functionalities are flailing and people fall into place to make sure that those flailing parts are no longer flailing. everything starts to function and function more efficiently. And so perhaps 
it is and as i said before empathy is important in this instance because if one can see the efficiency standards being developed through this particular instance a depth of learning can be seen and let's not lose that depth of learning rather let's learn from that and so that's why i thought I would table the conversation on musical genres and musicians and because it was definitely a great episode but whimsical nonetheless the notion of sometimes some things of grander depth need to be discussed for the purpose of why they are grander is why this is being discussed. And yes, I will return to subjects that are more whimsical someday, but for now, it is essential to discuss this particular subject as it requires more than two minutes of thought. It's more than two cents. It is definitely a magnanimous subject that in 30 minutes or less, I have given you something to think about. Thanks for listening. This is your host, Margarita, on the Dewpoint Report.